And uh, you can spend just a moment or two filling that out and uh, dropping that in the offering bags as they're placed a little later uh, on in our service. There's also an opportunity for you to request information uh, about PCC, whether that be about small groups or discipleship classes or membership or anything along those lines. Uh, we invite you to, uh, to fill that card out and you can drop that in, in the offering bags. There's also uh, a prayer card that should be located in the seat back in front of you as well. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to share any prayer requests or praises uh, that are uh, important to you and as a staff and as a leadership team and as a prayer team, we uh, pray for those things and that's part of what we do uh, each and every week. And so we invite you to, to do that and so that we can engage in that process together. Um, also, I wanna make you aware as I get this out that I forgot to get out, uh, that uh, I want to make you aware of a few announcements. Uh, there's some there in your bulletin, others uh, uh, that you can find. All of them are located on uh, our website if you ever have a question about that. Uh, one of them is our Easter egg hunt. Uh, we're asking you to help us with donations for that uh, for our children. Uh, they'll have the, their annual Easter egg hunt after our 1015 service on Easter Sunday morning. And so that's a great time. Uh, if you have any questions, you can uh, contact Michelle Bostwick. Also, our PYC students are going bowling and uh, playing laser tag and eating pizza and doing all that stuff on March 22nd uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. And uh, if you have any questions, you can talk to Roberto about that. Uh, we're not going to let him make that announcement again. After, no, I'm kidding. Um, some people laughed at what Roberto said last week. He felt terrible. And so we're just going to highlight it for a second that um, they're going to be playing laser tag and you want to be on Roberto's team. And if you want to know why, you can talk to him about that later <laughs> after that. All right. Um, also want to let you know about our mom's prayer group, which will be uh, Friday night on uh, March 27th. Uh, they'll be meeting here from 7 to 8.30 uh, if uh, you're interested, parents, in, in praying for your children, uh, mothers specifically. Uh, we invite you to uh, participate in that, and Yu Kiong is, is leading that group. If you're looking for opportunities to serve, a couple that we want to highlight uh, for you, our PCC Kids Ministry is looking for substitute teachers. So it's uh, one of those things where you, you'll be called on uh, if we uh, are uh, needing some help in, on a particular Sunday, and so you can contact Michelle with that, and our discipleship ministry. Uh, discipleship classes. Uh, if you are interested in, in helping teach or set direction for that, we encourage you to contact uh, Morgan, and uh, she'd be more than happy uh, to visit with you about what that might look like. Uh, today, uh, it's, it's great to be together. Uh, I know with the time change, uh, I, told, uh, I was telling Shane earlier that we have to kind of be done right at 11 for the people that are going to come in for the 10 o'clock service today. We'll just roll it back for, no, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, it's great to be together. You know, as a church, uh, we continue to, to strive to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. It's what we're about. It's what, what we do. And you're going to hear it, it every week because it's so important. And, and to do that, we take the, the pattern. Uh, Jesus' life is our pattern for living. And, and as such, we, we strive to prioritize being together. You know, we're here together today. We want to uh, hear and respond to the Word of God with an emphasis in prayer. And we want to be a tangible presence of grace in our communities and in our world. Uh, today, uh, we are continuing in our series, our, our Easter series titled Empty to Filled. Uh, during this season of Lent, we anticipate uh, celebrating the, the resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday morning, and we strive to engage in this season of Lent, not simply to participate in self-denial or rituals, but to make an effort to allow God to empty us of all the things that the world puts in our life, that we put in our life, that distract us from focusing in on the love of Jesus 
so that we can be filled with a richer and stronger faith. And, and we do that because we realize that here at PCC, we have the opportunity to grow as individuals and as a community of believers to grow in our faith and to grow in our relationship with God and with each other. So today, uh, to jump into that, we're going to be in the book of Philippians. So I invite you to grab your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 3. Uh, you can go in your app or however you get there. If you don't have a Bible, a blue Bible should be somewhere close to you, and, and Philippians 3 will be on or around page 832. Uh, as I tell you each week, I invite you to put the scriptures in your hand. Uh, I want you to become familiar with those. Uh, and grab your sermon notes as well in case uh, something strikes you and you decide to write that down. Last week, we began to explore this idea of being emptied of self in order to be filled with God, by God, with, with Jesus. And, and we examined the words of Paul in Romans chapter three, and we found that the harder we try to do all the things that uh, are needed to uh, keep the law, right, to, to fast from whatever it is during this season of Lent, the more we do that, the more we become aware of our shortcomings and our inability to save ourselves. We also questioned whether or not the things we give up for Lent, uh, things like chocolate and social media, and swearing, and alcohol, and, and coffee, and soda, and chips. If, if those things, do they really promote us focusing in on Jesus, on his resurrection, or is it just more of a selfish motivation? Today, we continue to explore this idea of asking God what it is in our life to reveal those things to us that, that need to be emptied in order for us to be filled with Christ. And I, I wanna invite you to consider what does it look like on a very practical level for that to happen? What, is, what does it look like in your daily life to be emptied of self to be filled with Christ? And to do that, I just invite you to think about tomorrow, right? Think about a typical Monday morning for you. Where do you go? Who do you see? What will you do? Who do you talk to? Who do you listen to? What do you watch? What do you consume? What are you excited about? What are those things that make you anxious? What's a Monday look like? And with that kind of in mind, ask yourself this question. How does being a believer impact my Monday? How does my faith how does my relationship with God, how do my priorities, my attitude, my work ethic, my interactions with others, does being a believer make my life look different from my coworkers, from classmates, from people in my neighborhood, maybe even my family, those people who do not profess a faith in Christ? I think that's a difficult but wise question for us to consider because the danger is if we don't examine our faith and how it impacts our daily life, too often we discover that our faith is not impacting our daily life. Consider this. Could it be that all the good things we have in our life, those things that we are good at doing, those things that bring us comfort, could it be that those things are actually preventing us from being filled with Christ, from being filled with what God desires for us? Could it be that the good things in our life prevent us from becoming dependent upon God? And if so, how are those things emptied so that we can focus on and be filled with Christ? I think Paul addresses this in, in a manner of speaking in Philippians chapter three. He shares some thoughts when he writes these words. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. 
In verse 8, he says, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken taken hold of it, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, in this text, there is so much that we could explore, right? This is a text that is a rich passage, but I wanna focus on and kind of glean from this the practical value of what Paul is relating to as we think about what it means to be emptied of self and filled with Christ. And to do that, I wanna look at ways that this can impact our lives, how, how our lives can be impacted tomorrow on just a typical Monday. Three things, first one is this. I wanna look at the value of self. Uh, to really see what Paul and how, how he sets this up, you have to go back just a couple of verses in Philippians chapter three. Uh, you have to go back to verses uh, four through six. See, Paul is laying out all the things on which could be considered good or valuable in his life. He says this, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul, Paul was kind of saying, hey, I, I'm the man, right? Paul had, had this life of privilege. He had one of comfort. He had a pedigree. He had influence, and he was able to build his own sense of worthiness on those things, but his life changed drastically when he met Jesus. At his conversion, he realized that all of the knowledge and his education and his credentials, his success, his position, his authority, all the things on which he had built his identity, all of his worth, all of those gains They were not gains at all. In fact, he realized that those gains had actually bankrupted him. And as such, Paul didn't view those things in his life, those good things as just less important. He called them a loss. More than that, the word he uses there in verse eight, garbage, uh, can be translated in, in many different ways, rubbish, trash. But the best and strongest way to understand that is a word that we really don't say in church. So we'll just call it excrement, right? I mean, that's the idea. He's saying all of my accomplishments, all of those things need to just be flushed away. Now, I think, at least for me, as I tried to to decipher this out, I think it's important to say that Paul wasn't saying that these things in and of themselves were excrement, but he was taking those things and he was comparing them to what? To knowing Christ, in order, in order to emphasize that, that all the things in which we have in our lives, all of those good things, what we accomplish, our recognition, our success, compared to being filled with Christ, they are worthless. They have no value when it comes to determining the value of self and who we are. 
This is significant for Paul to say. Paul's standing, his pedigree, his accomplishments undoubtedly gave him great worth in the eyes of those around him and probably in his own eyes as well. But Paul realized that the value of self and the value of God that God places on self are different. In verse nine, Paul makes this point when he highlights the two different kinds of righteousness. The one righteousness which is based on what we do and the other righteousness is based on who God is and what God has done, is doing, and will continue to do. As we discussed last week, the law reminds us It makes us aware of our inability to keep the law and how we cannot save ourselves and our need for a savior. By our own efforts, we have no eternal value, but with God, we have great eternal value. And just knowing that should be enough, right? But at least for me, and maybe for you as well, that doesn't stop me from pursuing self-value. We seek self-value in various ways. For some people, that means we have to rebel. For others, that means we conform. Some may strive to be normal. Others strive to stand out in the crowd. It could lead us to moral compromise or it could lead us to try to take the position of moral superiority. The idea is we are tempted to look for and to long for and to work toward being worthy in our own eyes and in the eyes of those around us. We strive to be smart and productive and likable and stylish and important and capable and independent. We desire to receive recognition and praise. We seek to find value in self. And as such, we fill our lives with a variety of things. And they're not bad things, but it's, it's where we find that we fill our lives. We, we fill our lives with, with being busy, right? We've always got somewhere to go and something to do and because we're important people and so we've got to stay on top of things and so we fill our life and our schedules. They're, they're always full and, and we're on the go. Some, for some of us, man, we just want to look good, right? We want to dress sharp. We want people to notice what we're wearing. And, and so that's how we find the value in ourself and in our life. Uh, for some, maybe it's our ability uh, to be a good parent, right? To, to be able to take care of our kids, that people will be proud of our kids, that they're doing a great job, right? And, and we find uh, our self-value and our self-worth in, in the way in which our children act and, and the way in which they, what they do in their life. For others, maybe... Our value is attached to the car that we drive, right? Or maybe uh, for some of us, it's in the house in which we live. Where we live is a big part of how we view the value of ourself and, and who we are and, and what we're able to accomplish, and, and we feel that in our life. Uh, for others, maybe it's, uh, it's belonging to the right club, There you go. The right organization, the the right group in order that we can have the right friends, we can rub shoulders with the right people, and that can be what gives us our self-value and our self-worth. Maybe for you, it's uh, it's crushing the competition. It's always coming in first because that's how you know that that you're truly valued and that's what you think or, or, or you believe. Uh, maybe for you, it's, it's climbing the ladder of success and, and that's what you're, where you find uh, that you, you have your self-value and your worth. It, it's the awards that you receive, you know, it, it's, it's a, a, getting that award, right? Being recognized for, for those things that you do. It's working really hard and training and doing things and when you accomplish the task, you get the reward that's waiting for you because that's what you deserve. And, 
and we find our value in that. Maybe for you, it's, it's the education that you received. I value because I'm smart. It's in the degrees that you go on to attain. After all, you've, you've earned those, and that, that's part of how you find your value, and you, you fill your life with those things. But maybe for you, it's, uh, it's being needed by other people. You help them, and so they're thinking of you, and it gives you that sense of self-worth because others need you. After all, what would they do without you? And we find our value there. Maybe uh, for you, it's, it's being in shape and taking care of your body, and that's what, what helps you find your self-value. Maybe it's, it's providing, it's, it's having the cold, hard cash that you can you know, say, I can meet all of my wants and my needs, and, and I find value. If I have, if I have security, then, then I'm good, and, and things are good in my life. Maybe for you, even, it's, it's religion, right? It, it's if I have faith, that's where I have my value in my faith and my ability to, to obtain and keep all the rules to participate in Lent and, and to not you know, do what so many people do and fail at Lent. No, I'm going to succeed, and so we fill our life with that. Or maybe for you, it's as simple as uh, the way we can multitask, right? The way we can accomplish a lot of things, we can stay connected to a lot of people because we are important, and that's where we find our value and in ourselves, And we fill our life with those things and so many more things, right? And here's the deal, and here's the hard part, at least for me, right? None of these things are bad, right? But could it be that one or, or more of these things are keeping you from being filled with Christ? Could it be that we place our value on self and we fail to put our value in Christ and be filled with him? There's a tragic story told in Matthew chapter 19 where a rich uh, young ruler wanted to follow Jesus and wanted to be his disciple. And after the conversation with Jesus, uh, Jesus said, hey, what you need to do is you need to let go of that which is most important to you in order to follow me. And the rich young ruler went away sad because he had great wealth and he did not want to give up that which was important, that in which he placed his self-value. When you look at your life and all the things and you consider all those good things in your life, could it be that there's something in your life that is actually keeping you from being filled with Christ? When we look at what Paul said, uh, any and all of the things that we do, even the good things, in order to measure up, to give us value, we must consider that they are rubbish. We need to ask God to, to take them and, and to dump them out of our life, to, to get rid of those things so that we have the opportunity to be filled with something else, to be filled, uh, if you will, with Christ, to, there we go, to allow him to come into our life and to let him be that which fills us. It's not always easy, but being filled with him and knowing him and walking in a faith relationship with him, what, what does that look like? What does that look like for you tomorrow as, as we embark on yet another typical Monday? What does it mean for us to realize that by our own effort, our own merit, the good things in our life, that's, that's not where the value is found. Our value is found instead 
in Christ when we're filled by him. And that leads us to explore what is the value of Christ, right? If we're going to get rid of things in our life and fill it with something else, we, we have to make sure it's a good exchange. It's something that is worth doing. In this passage, Paul makes it clear that the practical daily living value of Christ is gaining him, is knowing him. Look again at verses 10 and 11. Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, know the power of the re- his resurrection and participating in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Paul placed the greatest value, the greatest gain on Christ. It's, it's interesting that, that Paul doesn't uh, simply say, I want to know Jesus. Instead, he uses the term Christ. I want to know Christ, uh, a title that is related to the lordship of who Jesus is. It's the Greek way of talking about the Messiah, the anointed one from the line of David. When Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus, he revealed himself as the Messiah. Through the scriptures, we see Jesus revealed to us as well. We learn that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. We have the opportunity, like Paul, to know Christ as our Lord and Savior in a deep and connected way. Paul expressed a desire and a willingness to go through suffering and even death in order to participate in the resurrection of Jesus in order to, as he says in verse 10, to know Christ. Paul was willing to pursue Jesus because that's where he found value. He found value in Christ. This is a value Paul consistently expressed. Romans chapter six, verses four and five. We were therefore buried with him, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Second Corinthians 1.5, Paul says, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. A little later in Second Corinthians uh, in chapter four, He states, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. I would suggest that Paul was reminding the church at Philippi and, and, and God through these words is reminding us that the greatest thing in which we can fill our life with is Christ that in Christ we are able to receive the love and the glory that that is his, that by being filled by Christ, we can truly know him. Paul believed, understood, and accepted that there was nothing of greater value. He counted it all as rubbish compared to Christ. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we? Do we see that the same way? And that's a question that we really answer in our daily life on on a typical Monday when we express it and when when we live out the value of investment. What, What do we invest our lives in? Look again at what Paul says in verse 12. Not that I've already obtained this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is Paul writing these words. Paul understood the value of investing in that which we are pursuing. 
We've probably all heard a story or two of someone who was willing to give up everything they had in order to pursue something they believed that had greater value. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus was teaching the disciples and the crowds that followed him. He was teaching them about the kingdom of God. And in that chapter, we see that he shared the parable of the sower, the the parable of the weeds, the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. And then after the crowd had left Jesus, he told the disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then to his joy, he sold all he had and bought that field. You hear the language? He gave up all he had in order to obtain something greater. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, and when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is essentially what Paul did. He he invested everything into knowing Christ. He was pressed on, focused on Christ. It's how he lived his life. Earlier in the letter, Paul writes these words, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. The question is, uh, when we look at our lives, when we look at our lives and we anticipate tomorrow, are we investing in our kingdom or are we investing in God's kingdom? Are we investing in knowing Christ? Do we have the desire to be emptied of everything in life in order to be filled or, or are we content and comfortable and satisfied with all the things in life which fill us? It's a question that each and every one of us have to answer. And while it impacts you and your life as an individual, it does impact us as a community of of believers as well. How will you, how will I, how will we invest ourselves? Where will we invest our lives? Jesus invites us to invest in him. In Mark chapter eight, we read these words. Then he called the crowds to him along with his disciples and said this. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but for whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? As I read that, I thought about what this means during this time of Lent, and so uh, I rewrote this scripture just for it to make sense for me, and so I wanna read that to you. It says, uh, whoever wants to be my disciple must empty themselves. Be filled with me and follow me. For whoever wants to fill their life will end up empty. But whoever empties their life for me and for the gospel will be filled. What good is it for someone to be filled with the whole world and yet be emptied of their soul? What is it that you want to be filled with? Because every day we have the opportunity to allow God to empty ourself of self and be filled with him. And as we think about how this practically is implemented into our lives, we have the opportunity to approach tomorrow realizing that by our own merit and by our own effort, that's not where our value is found. Instead, our true value is found in Christ, value in knowing Christ in a deep personal way, investing our lives in pursuing what is better, to be filled with Christ rather than just be filled with self. And here's the thing, I mean, I realize this is not easy. But if you're willing to go through the the work and the effort of figuring out what it means for you, 
for that to be implemented in your life and the people in your life and all that you say and all that you do, I, I believe that God will fill you in ways that you may not expect. I tried to come up with a way to illustrate this and, and this was uh, an idea and we'll see if it actually works today. What does it look like for our lives to truly be filled, to truly be filled with Christ? The reality is this is not something that just instantaneously happens. Uh, we, we have to be willing to go through the work. We have to be willing to allow God to do his work in us and through us and, and allow him to, to grow and, and to fill our life. Paul made that clear when he wrote these words in Philippians 3 verse 12. Not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Paul understood that it was a process of daily emptying self to be filled with Christ and allow Jesus to grow in our hearts and in our life. It's a beautiful message that Jesus, through his love, that Christ has taken a hold of you, a hold of me, a hold of us, and he desires to walk in relationship with us. We, we have the opportunity to respond to him to realize that our value is not in all the things that we can do and all the things that we can accomplish and not that any of those things are bad, but our real value is found when we are filled with Christ and we allow Jesus to, to fill us. And because of who he is, we can invest our lives in him. The band's gonna come and they're gonna lead us in a, in a time of response as, as we think about what it means for our lives to to be filled with Christ, to be filled with Jesus, to allow his love to grow in our hearts and in our minds. What does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? Each week, we extend to you the invitation to respond to the Lord, to be filled with Christ, to be filled of his grace, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, to encounter him in, in a deep, rich, and meaningful way to discover and experience his love that truly does change your life. And for you today, that may mean that you need to respond to the Lord and receive him as your Lord and Savior for the first time. For others, it may mean being obedient in baptism. It could mean joining PCC. It could mean just saying, hey, I don't wanna walk down this life of faith and this relationship with God alone, and I just want someone to walk with me. As a body of believers, as a community of faith, we strive to do that together. As the band leads us in this song, a song which speaks to the fact that that Jesus is revealed to us and he is filling us. We have the opportunity to place our value on Christ and on Christ alone. So how will you respond to him this morning? Uh, as you're willing, as you're able, I'm gonna invite you to stand with me. Uh, there'll be people over uh, by the cross. If you wanna talk to someone, we invite you to make your way over there. Let's sing as we respond to the Lord.